This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study this morning. We're moving early this morning, lots of places to be today. So I've got to get it out. And we're we're dealing with the last festival that God instituted in the book of uh, Exodus chapter 23. And it is it is the celebration of the festival of ingathering. It's really the harvest festival at the end of the harvest time. It's the it's bringing in all the crops, all that God has given them. He says in 16b, which is the second half of verse 16 of chapter 23, celebrate the festival of ingathering at the end of the year when you gather in your crops from the field. And then he says in verse 17, three times a year, all the men are to appear before the sovereign Lord. And this is the the festival that's called, and like I said, every time I, I use these Hebrew words, I'm not very good at it, is Shavuot. And it is the it is the festival that is associated with these terms, and you'll hear them, the festival of tabernacles or the festival of booths. Okay. And what do you mean by booth? I literally mean a booth. It means when you go to the fair and people have booths where they're selling little things, or maybe it's a giant yard sale and they think it's going to rain. So they put up their tent and they have a little tent there and they have all their things under the tent. That's a booth. And it literally means that the word tabernacle is a, is a very fancy, very ornate or intricate type of tent. And so it's called the Festival of Booths or the Festival of, of Tabernacles because when they were in the wilderness, they lived in tents. They lived in booths. They lived in tabernacles. And so it's a it's a remembrance of the covenant God made with them. Now, oftentimes we get into this, and I, I, a lot of times I need to just give you overviews, and I'm, it's not an overview for a negative reason, but a lot of times when you're looking at the Old Testament, uh, or you're looking at the New Testament, you need to remember the big things that uh, God is doing so that you can have an idea uh, of how that relates to the rest of Scripture. So if you don't see the big things, sometimes you don't see how they tie off. And in the Old Testament, this covenant, this festival is a representation of a covenant. And a covenant is a contract, but it's a it's more important than a contract. It's a contract that is that is sealed in blood, meaning it's a life contract. It's a contract that that is beyond the physical world. It's a spiritual contract. And the best way for me to describe it is marriage. Marriage is a covenant relationship. It is a spiritual contract. It's a contract that is not to be broken. And so in Scripture, God gives several contracts in the Old Testament or covenants in the Old Testament to his people that are pictures of the completed covenant that we have with God through Jesus Christ. And so understanding that gives you, in your mind, you can begin to see how all these things relate. And the first covenant that God gave was the Adamic covenant, the covenant with Adam, 
And it was a covenant that even though they had sinned, even though they had they had rebelled against God's instructions, that he would one day, he would one day fix that through man, meaning uh, a, some, a man born of woman would come and crush the power of the serpent, the power that they'd given Satan over the world, and that he would redeem them. And so that's the first co- that's the first covenant. Second covenant is the Noahic covenant. It's the covenant with Noah, and its uh, symbol is the rainbow. Even though that's been usurped uh, to, in modern times, uh, it has always been the symbol of new beginnings and the symbol of God's covenant with His people. And that covenant is a covenant of that God will no longer will never destroy the earth again without providing redemption. And it is a covenant saying that my wrath is going to be limited. And I am going to make sure that I redeem before I enter into wrath again. And so we've got the Adamic covenant, the Noahic covenant, then you have the Abrahamic covenant. And that's the covenant of faith. And that's the first time he introduces the idea, okay, if I'm going to give you redemption, I'm going to give you redemption through faith. And he picks one man. And notice now we're moving from overall covenant with all of humanity about sending something to someone to redeem it, making sure there's no wrath. And now we're getting down to the individual. And and the key verse for Abraham is that he believed God or he trusted God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Meaning God says with Abraham, I'm making a covenant with you. And that covenant that I'm making with you is a covenant based on faith. And if you trust me, I am going to make you a great nation. And I'm going to I'm going to take that faith and I'm gonna make it famous. I'm gonna make it worldwide. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make everybody understand through your faith. I'm gonna show that faith is the way to a spiritual, eternal relationship with me. And he he lays out animals. He splits them in half, and that's how they did it back then. They made a covenant with animals. They would sacrifice animals and they split them in half. And the party that was subject to the covenant, meaning the party that had to perform in the covenant would walk in between the split animals, signifying that if they didn't live up to that covenant, that that they would be torn asunder just like the animals were. What's so neat about that covenant is that Abraham didn't walk in between. He did not move in between the animals. God did. God did by his spirit he moved in between those animals, signifying that man wouldn't pay the cost for that covenant. Man wouldn't be the one who gives the gives the life for it that God would. And he gave it through his son. And so you've got so you've got the Abrahamic covenant. Then you've got the Mosaic covenant, which is this covenant. And this covenant is a covenant of the law, meaning God is revealing his character and nature and showing them that you're going to have to walk by faith as in the Abrahamic covenant. And then and then there is a Redeemer coming, which we're going to see in the Adamic covenant. And you need to know that I'm holy and that you need to be holy because that's the whole purpose is I'm to make you back into my image. I'm ba- making you back like me so that you can have uh, a, a perfect, a complete relationship with me. And that's the Mosaic covenant. And then you get to the Adamic covenant and God gives a promise through your line. Through your line, David, I am going to bring a redeemer. And so now you've got a full covenant. Five, the number five is the number of grace. And then six, the sixth covenant is Jesus, and that's man. 
and you go, Jesus is not man. Yeah, he is 100% man, 100% God. He's the, he's the God man. He's God with us. And God provides redemption through humanity, through Jesus Christ. And so you see how those covenants all go together. You can also see, especially when we've been doing the study through Romans, and if, you're, if you've not watched that, it'll be available online. But anyway, as you're looking through Romans, you're going to notice that the covenant that kind of reveals God, but Jesus comes comes to not set aside or not remove, but he comes to fulfill. He doesn't come to replace it. He comes to fulfill it is the Mosaic Covenant, the covenant of the law. And Romans goes through great detail to explain how you can't survive under the law. You won't ever make it under the law. You you can only make it under, you can only make it with the redemption of Jesus Christ. You can only make it, as we talked about Sunday morning, as Jesus is our penal substitutionary atonement, meaning he takes the penalty for sin, penal. He's a substitute for it. We don't have to live it. And he is the atoning sacrifice, meaning he he subdues God's wrath and he provides redemption through his blood. And so he is the fulfillment of that covenant. Now, interestingly, the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Booths, this final harvest feast, the Feast of Ingathering, Jesus it has the least to do it in his ministry as he is uh, presented to us in the Gospels. He has the least to do with this one. And the reason he does, although he does go teach in the temple secretly, even though even though he, he has very little to do with it except for the final day when he uh, stands up and say, says, I'm I, I am the I'm I'm the water. I'm the source of water. If you're thirsty, come to me, and I will fill you. And other than that, he really has very little to do with this. And the reason is because he's the fulfillment. He's not the replacement of it. And so you see Jesus intimately involved in the Passover feast. You see him intimately involved in the Feast of Weeks, in, in his ministry. This feast is the one that he's least involved in. This this feast is the one that he has least to do with. And the reason is because he's he is he moves us beyond the law. He moves us, he fulfills it in that we no longer have to live by a law. We no, we no longer live under the law. In fact, Romans says we're not under the law, we're under grace. And now we live by the Spirit and we do not and we do not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. The way we do that is not by living by rules, but by living by grace, living by the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And you go, isn't that harder? No, not really. In fact, living by the law is impossible. And by the way, if I break the law in one part, I break the law in all of them. It's not the legal system today where you you did four of the five elements of a crime and you didn't do the fifth one, so you get, you're free. It's not like that. It's not, it's, that's not the way the law works. The law works is if I lust, then I've broken all the law. If I hate, I've broken all the law. If I take something that's not mine, I break all the law. Oh, and by the way, if I covet something that somebody else is, and I don't even take it or do anything like that. I just have that covetousness, covetousness in my heart. Easy for me to say, if I have that in my heart, I've broken all the law. I've, 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 I've broken every bit of it. And the law is a definer of the holiness of God. And by the way, we're going to walk in that holiness. We're going to be, we're going to be holy as he is holy. We are. We're going to be that. But we're not going to be that by living by the law because the law only defines our sin. It only unveils and reveals our sin. And so what he says is, listen, we're not doing that.
you, you can't do that. And if you think you can, you just ain't old enough. You ain't got as many gray hairs as I do, because I can promise you, I cannot live by the law. I, I have tried to be really holy, can't be done, but I can live by the spirit. And when I live by the spirit, he guides me into all righteousness. What does that mean? Righteousness comes by faith. He guides me and teaches me how to trust God and walk with him each and every day. And then all of a sudden, what happens? All of a sudden, I'm walking by faith and I am fulfilling the law because I'm being led by God himself. I'm not trying to live up to a bunch of rules, a standard. I am literally being led by God, by the Holy Spirit to do the things and be the things that God wants me to be and walk in faith and please him because without faith, it's impossible to please God. In fact, if you don't have faith, all you got sin. Anything that's not a faith is sin. And so he teaches me how to do that. And, and that's what this celebration is about. The celebration is a renewal of the Abrahamic covenant, the festival of ingathering, it, the festival of booths, festival of weeks, of tabernacles. It's a renewing of that festival with Abraham, their father, the father of Israel. It's that renewal of that covenant that points to uh, a coming redeemer. And God is going to make them holy and he's going to make them right with him. But he's not going to do it by the, by the law. He's going to do it. He's going to ultimately do it through a man who is also God, Jesus Christ. And that's the, that's the powerful nature of this covenant. Now, they celebrated it with palms, and, they, and there is a lot of what's so neat about this covenant. Even though it's a covenant of the law, there, there is a lot of sacrifices, animal sacrifices, but there is a lot of fellowship sacrifices. And what do you mean by that? All the grain offerings and things like that, they are fellowship offerings. And this covenant, it, it points to both living by the law, but it also points to fellowship with God. And ultimately, that's the whole point of Jesus coming, that we might have uh, fellowship with God, that we might tabernacle with him, that we might live with him forever and ever. And so there is the Feast of Tabernacles. I know I went through a whole lot of theology and a little, I gave a big 10,000 foot view, but I hope it helps you understand and give a, just get a grasp on what's going on in the Old Testament. Why do we have this big old book called the Old Testament? It's a preparation. It's a preparing of the way for us to see Jesus and understand what he's doing and everything he's accomplishing with his life and ultimately the life he's given us through his resurrection. And so you got to know those things in order to really in order to really see Jesus fully as he is. He is the fulfillment of all the covenants. He is our Passover lamb. He is our one and only. And when you study the covenants, you just keep seeing Jesus. And that's really what life is all about, is seeing Jesus, following the leadership of the Holy Spirit, whom he sent to lead you and to trust him and to be holy because you do trust him. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.